Hey friends, and welcome to episode 93 of It's About Time, a podcast sharing stories and strategies to inspire women seeking better work, life, and balance. I'm your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick, and it's important for me to be upfront about this one thing. What's that one thing? Well, it's that I kind of have a love-hate relationship with productivity hacks. Does that surprise you? On one hand, I love them. They're great. A good, simple productivity hack can be a good way to trim off some extra time here or there. They can make your life a little easier, and they can really make a difference in how you manage your time sometimes. But on the other hand, just cobbling together a bunch of productivity or time management hacks isn't the same as having a good strategy or system in place. When you get caught up in using a whole bunch of little productivity hacks all throughout your day, but you're not working toward clear goals or an overarching purpose, well, then you're just doing a bunch of hacking. It's productivity for the sake of productivity, not productivity with a purpose. To sum it up, productivity hacks are good. They're nice to have. But they're not a substitute for getting to the heart of what matters most and spending your time with intention. I wish I could say that productivity hacks are the icing on the cake, but it would probably be more accurate to say that they're the sprinkles on the icing on the cake. But you know what? In this episode, we're going to have some fun and we're talking about the sprinkles. I'm sharing seven simple productivity hacks that you can start using today, including how to stay laser focused on your priorities, how to win your to-do list every day. We'll talk about how to feel more awake and refreshed when your energy is fading and how a single sticky note can change everything. And because I know you're probably making the most of your time and you're listening in the car while you're running errands or you're folding laundry or washing dishes, it might be a little inconvenient for you to stop what you're doing and take notes on all of these productivity hacks. Don't worry, I've got you covered. You can find all the details from this episode over in the show notes, plus links to any of the resources or other episodes I'll mention. Today's show notes can be found over at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 93. And I don't know about you, but when it comes to doing laundry, I've tried a bunch of different productivity hacks to try to make the job easier, quicker, and maybe even more fun. I've tried Marie Kondo folding. I've tried folding while listening to podcasts. I've tried seeing how fast I can run around the house and put everything away. I've tried doing a small load every day. I've tried giving everyone in my house their own laundry day of the week. But by far, the best laundry hack I've found isn't a hack at all. It's hamper. Okay, what is hamper? Hamper is my secret weapon for getting my time back on the weekends and setting myself up for success. It's a laundry service that picks up your laundry, washes it for you, and brings it back to your door, perfectly folded and ready for you to put away. They use fragrance-free, chemical-free, and sensitive skin-approved drops detergent so you know it's eco-friendly and safe for the most sensitive skin. 
download the Hamper app, that's H-A-M-P-R, over in the App Store, or go to tryhamper.com to see if Hamper is available in your area. All you have to do to get started with Hamper is create a membership, schedule a pickup, and then sit back and relax while you do your laundry without actually doing your laundry. It's been a total game changer in our house, especially now that we're a family of four. And when you sign up for Hamper using the code ABOUTTIME50, you can save 50% on your annual membership. So one more time, that's Hamper, H-A-M-P-R. The app is available in the App Store or go to tryhamper.com. Use the code ABOUTTIME50 to save 50% on your membership and take back hours of your life. If you're curious about Hamper or have questions about how it really works, send me a DM on Instagram and I will be happy to tell you all about it. All right, it's about time we get started, so let's get this show on the road. You're listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Around here, we believe that busy is not a badge of honor. Your host, Anna Dearman Cornick, is here to share tips and strategies to help you make the most of your time. Listen in on real conversations and success stories to find out how other go-getters are getting things done. If you're ready to step away from the overwhelm and spend your time on what matters most, then you're in the right place. Here's your host, time management coach, Anna Dearman Cornick. Seven productivity hacks that you can start doing this week, today even. Let's rock and roll. Productivity hack number one, hydrate. Drink a glass of water as soon as you wake up in the morning. Studies have shown that drinking water first thing in the morning fires up your metabolism, helps you think more clearly, and it significantly reduces your risk for diseases and other illnesses. On the flip side, not drinking enough water can lead to fatigue, sleepiness, and anxiety, and it can make it difficult to concentrate. After a full night of not eating or drinking anything while you sleep, our bodies tend to get a bit dehydrated. So when you start your day with a glass of water before anything else, especially coffee, you're rehydrating. You're giving yourself a mental boost and an energy boost. So how do we make this happen? Well, before you head to bed at night, fill up a water bottle or a tumbler with a lid and put it on your nightstand. Easy peasy. And that's the trick. We want to make this as easy as possible. I have an insulated corksicle tumbler with a lid and straw that I use almost every day, but a stainless steel tumbler like a Yeti or a Swell water bottle would also work just as well. Then when you wake up in the morning, even before you make your way to the bathroom to brush your teeth, gulp down your glass of water and feel yourself start to re-energize and wake up. All right. Boom. One down, six to go. Let's roll with productivity hack number two. Drinking all the water in the world isn't going to help you stay focused if you're constantly being distracted by a million notifications coming through on your phone, your watch, and your computer. Recent studies have found that American knowledge workers, that's anybody who works behind a screen and probably includes you, American knowledge workers are hit with a distraction every 43 seconds. An email, a text message, a Slack message, a beep buzz, or a ding of some sort. On top of that, it takes almost 
30 minutes to regain a deep level of concentration after you've been interrupted. So let's think about that for a second. A distraction every 43 seconds and 30 minutes to regain focus. It is seriously a wonder that we can get anything done. This is your chance to beat the system. Productivity hack number two is turn off your notifications or as many of them as possible. Notifications on your phone, on your watch, on your desktop, or your laptop. If you're getting a notification anytime someone likes your Instagram post, it's time to turn it off. If you're getting a notification every time a new arrivals email from Lululemon hits your inbox, it's time to turn it off. If you're getting a notification every time someone likes or comments on one of your Facebook posts, it's time to turn them off. This is an awesome, impactful productivity hack for a few reasons. First, if you're not seeing the notification, you're not tempted to stop what you're doing, check your phone, and potentially get lost in the scroll. Turning off your notifications puts you in charge of your phone instead of letting your phone dictate how you spend your time and your attention. Second, if you're not seeing a notification, you're not context switching. Context switching is exactly what it sounds like. It's when your attention flits around like a hummingbird from Google Docs to Facebook to let me reply to this email real quick, back to Google Docs, ooh, a text, back to Google Docs, Instagram comment, and back to Google Docs, and on and on and on. When you're not getting notifications, you're able to continue what you're doing and get into or stay in a flow state while you get stuff done. You know what I mean by a flow state. It's that feeling you get when you're working on something and time melts away and everything just feels good. It's that Goldilocks just right level of challenging, but also enjoyable. And all of a sudden you look up and you wonder where the time went, but in a good way. And if you're curious, these are the only notifications I have on my phone. Calls and Brightwheel, and text messages, kind of. Brightwheel is the app that my girls' daycare uses to keep in touch by sending photos and messages. I honestly could turn this one off too, but they occasionally send a cute photo or a video during the day, and I'm totally okay with that kind of interruption. And here's why I say text messages, kind of. So I have an Apple Watch, and even though I was very anti-Apple Watch for a long time, it's actually become one of the best time management and productivity tools I own, especially when it comes to text messages. So here's how my watch, my phone, and notifications work for me. If I'm wearing my Apple Watch, I don't get any text notifications on my phone. Instead, I get a quick notification on my watch. I look down, check it. If it's urgent, I'll respond quickly, usually by talking into my watch. If it's not, I'll wait until I'm finished with what I'm working on. This does require me to have a clear understanding with myself about what is urgent and what isn't. And most things just aren't urgent. If I'm not wearing my Apple Watch, which is rare, I do get a pop-up style notification on my phone. 
And let me address group text real quick. I'm in a handful of group texts that I absolutely love, but they can descend into madness pretty quickly, which I also love. So I have my group texts set on do not disturb. That makes my group texts conversations that I can dip in and out of instead of being alerted every time someone tells a joke from a Laffy Taffy rapper, which definitely happens in one of my group texts. Using my watch as my primary text message receiver means that I'm not picking up my phone, unlocking it, reading the text, responding, and then potentially getting distracted with other things on my phone. If you've ever picked up your phone to check something and then realize 30 minutes later that you're scrolling Instagram, you're not alone. This zombie-like tap and scroll situation happens to me all the time if I'm not careful. So I have to be careful. When you turn off your notifications, you get to decide when you participate in the conversation. Do you want to be reactive all the time? Or do you want to take control of your time and how you spend it? You get to decide. And if you decide, I choose to be reactive, then go with that. Just like I choose to let myself be interrupted with cute pictures of Elizabeth and Camilla from daycare. But The thing is, is that you do have a choice in the matter. I really encourage you to take stock of your notifications, turn everything off, and then only turn back on the ones you truly need. I do want to say that this is definitely an example of a productivity hack that is not one size fits all. For example, you might want to turn off all of your email notifications, except for emails from your boss. I actually had a boss pretty early in my career who demanded that I respond to every single one of his emails within five minutes or less with a minimum of okay to let him know that I'd received his message. And if I missed a five minute window, I got a call. And if I got a call, it was not a good thing. If that's your current reality, I definitely would not recommend turning off all of your email notifications. However, I'd probably recommend looking for a new job with a less ridiculous boss. But let's say you're a real estate broker who does interior design and staging. You're managing a lot of people and projects, and those people need your input so projects can move forward. You've got a choice here. You can be constantly on the lookout for text messages, responding immediately as questions and comments begin to roll in throughout the day. As a result, you're in a constant state of context switching and you always feel frantic and all over the place, mentally skip hopping from project to project and deal to deal. Or you can treat text messages like many people treat email and schedule text time in your day. Seriously, if text messages, Slack messages, Voxer voice chats, Instagram DMs, whatever, are your primary way of communicating with others, you get to take the lead and decide when you'll read and respond. If you're constantly blowing up, turn off your notifications, put 15-minute text message time blocks in your calendar, say every 90 minutes, get in, get out and get back to work. 
So if this is something that you start doing or you struggle with, please send me a DM on Instagram and let's talk through it. I'll be sure to respond during my next Instagram time block. Okay, on to productivity hack number three. The next productivity hack is also a priority hack. When you've got a long list of projects you're working on with different deadlines and parts and pieces, sometimes it can be head spinning to figure out what to work on first or what to work on next. Some days you might make a ton of progress on one project, but then your others collect dust and that freaks you out. Other days, you might make tiny progress on a bunch of projects and you end up hopping from project to project and making a little bit of a mess. The progress ends up being so small and spread out that it's barely noticeable. Or let me know if this is you. You start your day with a to-do list that has 17 things on it and you end up doing 10 of them, but you never got around to actually doing what was most important. So then you feel like crap for not getting the important things done. Productivity hack number three is to start each workday by choosing your top three for the day. The top three things you must get done in order to move the needle on your most important projects. Now, this doesn't mean that you're only going to do three things today. It means that you're starting the day by assessing your projects and prioritizing. When you choose your top three, you're being intentional, strategic, and proactive. You're thinking through what's most important and what's most urgent. You're starting your day with intention, and you're moving through your day with intention. And if you're thinking, top three, that's not enough. I need to do a top 10 instead. I have way too much to do. Well, this, my friend, is a quick reminder that just because you have so much to do doesn't mean you have the time available in a day to do it all. Starting with a top three is manageable. And plus, the planning fallacy tells us that most things take longer than we think they will. Let yourself get a win by choosing a top three and only three and knocking those out first. Here are three ways to take action on the top three hack. First, write your top three at the top of your planner page for the day. When you complete one, draw a line through it or go crazy and add a fun sticker. Celebrating small wins helps keep you motivated to keep winning. Two, write your top three on a sticky note and stick it up where you'll see it while you work. I actually have a cute little sticky notepad from Target that has little boxes for you to write each of your top three. I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. And the third way you can take action on this hack, you could also write each one of your top three in its own sticky note and stick those up. And then after you finish each one, pull it down and toss it until they're all gone. Once you choose your top three, regardless of where you write them down, you can go a step further and create a time block for each one in your calendar, making sure space is saved and dedicated to knocking out each one. Then, if you can, work your way through those top three before you tackle anything else. But what about the rest of the stuff on your list? All the little things that still need to be done but don't make it to the top three. Well, here we go with productivity hack number four. 
I love a good sticky note. I have a drawer in my office with sticky notes in all shapes and sizes and colors. I have some shaped like pineapples. I have some shaped like stars. I use them to plan my podcast episodes, map out important dates. I'll stick a sticky note in a book I'm reading like a page flag so I can go back to it quickly. While I'm not a fan of having a desk full of random sticky notes with thoughts and to-dos, I do think a single sticky note can change everything when you're struggling with a too long to-do list. Productivity hack number four is to write your entire to-do list for the day on a single sticky note. And I do not mean write 37 things in teeny tiny writing on a three by three inch square. I mean, limit your to-do list for the day to what will fit comfortably on a post-it. Just like choosing a top three, this productivity hack requires you to be strategic and intentional. When you don't have a whole page to write a to-do list or an unlimited number of pages in a Google Doc, you've got to decide what are the most important things to do today. The thing about our to-do lists is that if we're not careful, we'll put a bunch of stuff on them that honestly don't need to be done today. Limiting your space helps you intentionally choose what needs to be done and helps you create a realistic list for the day. It also keeps you from getting overwhelmed by a super long to-do list. All right, on to hack number five. Split your workday into two parts. Be a maker in the morning and a manager in the afternoon. Back in 2009, a guy named Paul Graham wrote an article defining two different styles of work schedules, the maker's schedule and the manager's schedule. A maker's schedule requires large blocks of uninterrupted time for things like writing, coding, and creating. Head down, concentration, deep work kind of time. Now, usually when we hear maker, or maybe it's just me, but I always picture someone's crafting or like doing paper mache and sculpting, but chances are you're more of a maker than you realize. Graham himself was actually writing from the perspective of programmers in Silicon Valley who need lots of uninterrupted work time to make real progress on a project. An attorney sitting down to write or edit a major contract? That's maker time. Okay, y'all, so I know we could all probably use a little more time in our day, right? You're no stranger to busy schedules and intentionally filling them up to the brim because you just have so much to get done. But sometimes it feels like you don't really ever have the time to just slow down and enjoy the simple things. Simple things like when my toddlers are giggling and playing nicely together in the backyard, or when a Sunday afternoon nap sounds too good to pass up. We all want more time to enjoy these kinds of things, right? Well, if you love personality quizzes like I do, then you're in for a treat. In my new quiz, which you can take for free at AnnaDKornick.com forward slash quiz, I'm helping you uncover what it will take to get you from chaos to calm, to finally feel like you have space in your days. 
I know it can feel downright frustrating to keep using the same old time management strategies that just don't seem to work for you. You've got the planners, the calendars, apps, you're doing all the things, but you still feel like you have no time. And that's because you need time management strategies that work for your personality and your life. In my 10 plus years working in crisis communications and chaos management, and all the time I've spent with my clients, I've learned that everyone has their own needs. And knowing what those needs are can really help you discover the best approach to planning your days. Knowing yourself can help you ease up busy schedules and find more calm and clarity in your week. Do you wanna know how to get there? To have more breathing room in your days? Let's figure out your time management personality type so you can uncover exactly what you need to do to feel more productive, less stressed, and more balanced. You can take the quiz at annadcornick.com forward slash quiz, and I'll make sure to link to the quiz in our show notes. All right, on with the show. A realtor sitting down to focus and create social media and blog content for the entire month ahead? That's maker time. A consultant sitting down to create a new PowerPoint presentation and handouts for an upcoming workshop? Yep, that's maker time. A manager's schedule, on the other hand, is more choppy. You have a meeting on one thing, another meeting about something totally different a conference call check-in with your team, then maybe you work on a proposal for an hour. You spend 30 minutes in email and 15 minutes drafting a meeting agenda. Some of us are makers. Some of us are managers. But most of us have to be both makers and managers in the same day. And that can create a lot of challenges because of the type of concentration needed to be a maker and the kind of flexibility and context switching you need to be a manager. So productivity hack number five is to have maker time and manager time, either whole days or half days set aside for maker time and whole days or half days set aside for manager time. Even better, if you can have maker time in the morning and manager time in the afternoon. And here's why that works so well. Whether you're a morning person, a night person, or you fall somewhere in the middle, we all experience our days in three energy phases, peak, trough, and rebound. The peak is our highest energy point of the day. The trough is our lowest energy point in the day. And the rebound is almost as high as our peak, but not quite. Morning people, experience those three phases in this order, peak, trough, and rebound, with the trough happening after lunch and the rebound kicking in late afternoon, early evening, kind of like a second wind. But night owls experience the opposite. They start their day with the rebound, then in the afternoon they have their trough, and their peak kicks in in the early evening. Either way, afternoon means low energy for everyone. So if you've got to be a maker and a manager in the same day, guard your mornings for your creative concentration, your deep work time, and use your afternoons for meetings, emails, follow-ups, brainstorming, and other manager type activities. 
Here's another benefit to being a maker in the morning. Usually our deep work is our most impactful needle moving work. If you've identified your top three before diving into your workday, there's a huge possibility that your top three is going to require some concentration to complete. When you're a maker in the morning, you knock out your most important work first and then move on to coordination type things in the afternoon. And speaking of afternoon, this is a great segue into productivity hack number six, which is beware of 2.55 p.m. Yes, seriously, 2.55 p.m. Research has shown that 2.55 p.m. is the lowest energy point in the day for most workers. That's when you're falling asleep at your desk, you're zoning out in meetings, and you're reaching for another cup of coffee. And if you're thinking, well, I'm totally fine at 2.55 p.m., well, awesome, that might be the case for you. Other research into our natural energy levels find that approximately seven hours after we wake up is when our energy tends to dip to its lowest point. So if you usually wake up at around 6 a.m., that means your energy dip might be closer to one o'clock. So here's why this is a great hack. When you pay attention to 2.55 p.m., you can pay attention to how you feel at that time. You might begin to notice that you're actually pretty good at 2.55, or you might find that you are indeed dragging. You also might find that you feel totally depleted around 1 o'clock, or maybe your lowest point is 3 o'clock. When you beware of 2.55 p.m. and you pay attention to how you feel in the afternoon and you begin to recognize when your typical energy valley is, you can plan around it. And here's what I mean. If you know that you typically start nodding off around 2.55, you can strategically grab an iced coffee or make a cup of tea around 2.15 so that caffeine kicks in right about the time you'd normally feel exhausted. You can also plan tasks in the afternoon that require low levels of analytical brain power, like sorting files, addressing envelopes, or processing receipts. That dip in your energy level is actually a really good time for brainstorming because your inhibitions are lower. So if you're looking for some juicy ideas from your team, schedule a brainstorming session during that low energy time of day. Another idea, once you know your energy valley, take a break. Go for a walk, stare out the window for a little while, just rest your eyes. Which leads me to our last productivity hack of this episode. Productivity hack number seven is to take a break. Actually, it's to take three breaks. First, take an actual lunch break. 15 minutes minimum, ideally away from your desk and your computer, and away from your phone too if you can. Even though eating lunch and catching up on social media can feel like a break, your brain actually doesn't know the difference between work and taking in social media because we process both in about the same way. So when you're taking a break from work and scrolling social, it doesn't register as an actual break so you don't feel any of the restful benefits of the break. Next, schedule a short break at some point before lunch and at some point after lunch, ideally somewhere mid-morning and somewhere mid-afternoon. 
Here's the thing. As much as we would like to believe that we have the ability to be endlessly productive, the law of diminishing returns always kicks in. After about 90-ish minutes of concentration, we start getting less productive. We start making more mistakes and we start getting frustrated about our mistakes. So just save yourself the trouble and take a break. I've done an episode about taking breaks in the past. Episode 42, Productivity's Secret Superhero, Five Ways to Take Better Breaks. So if you're looking for more practical, tactical inspiration for your next break, head over there. I'll be sure to link it in the show notes. I will tell you, though, that the ideal break looks like taking a short walk with a friend outside to talk about something besides work without looking at your phone. So there you have it. If you want to be truly strategic about your time and your energy and combine the seven productivity hacks we covered today, your day might look like this. Wake up and drink a glass of water as soon as your feet hit the floor. When you get to work, choose your top three for the day and write your to-do list on a sticky note so you don't overfill your list. Then, Dive into an hour or 90 minutes of maker time and then take a 10 to 15 minute break. Then kick off another 60 to 90 minute block of maker time followed by a 15 to 30 minute lunch break. After lunch, switch over to manager time with a 15 minute break around 2.55 p.m. Then tackle a few more blocks of manager time before you call it a day. Oh, and you were able to knock out your top three with minimal distractions because you turned off all of your notifications except for the essentials. Way to go, you. (laughs) I'd love to know if you tried any of these seven productivity hacks. So head over to the It's About Time podcast community on Facebook and let us know. You can find a link to the community over in the show notes or by going straight to abouttimepodcast.com forward slash community. So I mentioned at the beginning of this episode that while I love a good productivity hack, it's not a substitute for digging into the heart of what matters most and designing a life that you love, a life like no one else's and a life with no regrets. I also know that carving out the space to do that is really challenging and without a clear roadmap for how to design a life you love, well, I know it can feel pretty impossible when you're swept up in the day-to-day. You know you want to level up and you know you want to grow, but it just feels like there are a few things you've got to figure out first. Maybe get some systems in place, make sure your routines are solid. You want to set that solid foundation for the rest of your life so that when you look back, you're looking back at time well spent. Well, that's exactly what we're going to do inside my new coaching program for ambitious achievers, for go-getters who are ready to level up their life and their work without sacrificing what matters most and without living the 24-7 hustle. Whether you're growing your empire as a small business owner or you're climbing the ladder and shattering glass ceilings, you are invited to be a founding member of Next Level Life. Weekly coaching sessions, a growing lesson library, a private community, and so much more. Next Level Life is the balanced approach to wholehearted living that you've been looking for with me by your side for accountability, 
encouragement, and motivation. Time is our most precious non-renewable resource. And the one thing all of my clients have in common is that they want to live fulfilling lives with no regrets. They want to grow their business, but they also want to take vacation. They want to get promoted without sacrificing time with their families. They want to work full time, go to grad school, and still have space to travel. If that sounds like you, then I'd be honored to have you as a founding member of Next Level Life. To learn more about becoming a founding member, visit AnnaDKornick.com forward slash next level to join the waitlist. And I'll be sure to link this in the show notes. I'll be reaching out to the waitlist with exciting details very soon. So make sure you sign up so you don't miss a thing. As always, all of the details from today's episode can be found in the show notes at abouttimepodcast.com forward slash 93. And before we go, let me tell you a little bit about next week's episode. Get excited because interviews are back. Episode 94 features Ashley Joy, a life and leadership coach for the visionary woman. Ashley Joy and I met in July at Creative at Heart Round 10, and I can't wait to share our conversation with you about stepping into your calling and the power of proximity. You don't want to miss this one. All right. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll talk with you soon. Thanks for listening to It's About Time, a podcast about work, life, and balance. Head over to www.abouttimepodcast.com to join the conversation. Check out the show notes and dive into bonus content so you can start living your best life today. Love this episode? Be sure to share it with a friend, subscribe, and leave a review. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the next episode.